0: Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights
1: on Stories of the Week. So we, before we go into the second story, um, I do want to say, uh, Patukolo, who we played uh, his track a little earlier, saying a big thank you guys for keeping your promise. promise. I'm absolutely delighted, especially when pirates beat Amazulu in their own backyard. To win the last MTN Cup and uh, uh, that's uh, taking us uh, with that uh, football story. But now we're going to move from football here on Thought Leader Storytellers and Griots to an opinion piece that came out a few weeks ago and it is something that I found very interesting because in the middle of last month, October the 16th, it was World Food Day and it commemorated the founding of the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, or FAO, in 1945. And it really does offer an opportunity, we understand, for countries to look at their food security. Wendile Siklobo is the chief economist at the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa. He's also the author of an excellent book called Finding Common Ground, Land, Equity, and Agriculture. And I no doubt that uh, as we move forward into 2023 and then 2024, that this is a book that's going to get real traction once again. If you haven't read it and you want to understand uh, the politics of ag- agriculture, but also how we look at um, agriculture and land then and food security, this is a book to check out. Nevertheless, he's written this really interesting article a while back on food security. The good news, and I suppose there's uh, also uh, how do we maintain the good news, as opposed to just becoming complacent. Wendelius at thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Michelle. So, you know, when I spoke to you briefly yesterday, you said, listen, I'll be at my desk at like half past seven tomorrow morning because I'm writing, writing, writing. Tell us a little (laughs) bit about what you're working on right now, Wendile.
0: Uh, I'm currently working on a book manuscript for the colleagues at Penn Macmillan. So, we're hoping to have a project out uh, by sometime around about April 2023.
1: So, yeah, that, that's what we're working on at this moment. Well, I wish you all the very, very best. It reads. What are the tips you would give to people who would love to write a book? or who, Is it just pure discipline? Is it making sure that every day you write for three hours, no matter what?
0: Yeah, I I think actually every day, if you were to write a page uh, every day for six months, you might have a book.
1: A page for six months, you might have a book. A page for six months, (laughs) every day,
0: you you might have a book. You you need roughly about forty, forty-five thousand 45,000 words. And I think you may may be able to do that in six months, a page every
1: day. Was that how Finding Common Ground came about? (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Wendila, let's go to the article that you wrote. It was it was a really interesting opinion piece where you spoke about um, how our food security has improved, but you also highlighted that this is something we need to keep our eye on. And in fact, uh, instead of kicking the can down the road, we need to make sure that we act in action on all the time. Talk us through our food security improvement.
0: Yeah, that, thanks, Michelle. What we have seen, Michelle, since about uh, 2021, um, so Africa had slipped off in the rankings of, their food, uh, of the Global Food Security Index to somewhere around about position 70. So how this index is done is done by The Economist uh, magazine, supported by Cotiva. They take about 113 countries um, uh, across the world, and they measure about four sub-indices, which is the, availability, the affordability of food, the availability of food, its quality and safety, and the sustainability of food production and adaption to climate change uh, and, and, and other shocks. And they look at these and say, how are they actually performing for each country? And they combine them to form what they call the Global Food Security Index. And last year, it is where South Africa saw a bit of a drop on the affordability as well as the, 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 the availability uh, space which is why we slipped to that index to about number 70. Prior to that, we were the most food-secure country in the, in the African continent. But the, this year, we regained that status, moving from 0.70 out of 113 countries to about a ranking of 59 um, over wow. those 113 countries. So it is a good improvement. But I think, though, Michelle, this measures the national perspective uh, it would be uh, of course, uh, and are some people on the ground if they were saying here saying South Africa, most food secure country in, in, in Africa yes that 's true at a national level, but as you were saying there's very many pockets of insecure food insecurity
1: at a household level, yeah. which as a country we need to focus on those improving. You talk about the four sub-indices and food affordability and food availability, I understand, are measured closely together. Would that be an area perhaps where it is um, not as strong, given what you're saying, is that there are households that are really, really struggling with food affordability in 2022 and availability as an outcome of that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would even say the affordability has been one of the major issues um, this time around uh, for, for the country. I mean, even if you were to look, say, for the first eight months of this year and you say, where has South Africa's consumer food price inflation been, which means the rate at which prices are rising, they've been av- rising by an average of about 8% if you were to look over that uh, our first eight months of this year. You compare that with the same period last year. Yeah. It, they were rising at about 6.5% um, uh, at a much slower pace in the years before that. So there is that affordability element and which then, as you rightly put it, it will affect um, the availability um, in, in, in the household level because of this affordability challenge that is there. But I would anchor that, Michelle, to say this is not a unique story to South Africa. Because if you look in the EU, you look in the US, you look in the likes of Kenya and all over the world in in general, food prices are rising because of what we see in
1: Russia, Ukraine, as well as the droughts in South America. So that's exactly what I wanted to ask. I mean, I think that what's interesting and what I found interesting about this article as well is that one starts to see almost what the ecosystem globally is, the microcosm versus the macrocosm. So I wanted to know the impact of um, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the impact of that on uh, wheat. And then how would, for example, inflation in South Africa impact that again? Because, I mean, it's like a self-fulfilling circle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Russia Ukraine used to be uh, important, particularly Russia, directly um, uh, to us in terms of the the, the imports of wheat. Uh, But, of course, we can never discount the fact that we are all a global food system where if something happens in a major producing or major consuming country, you see the impact in your prices regardless of where you sit. So before the war, South Africa was importing in general average about 1.5 million tons of wheat a year. That's roughly about half of what we consume. We consume about 3.2 million tons uh, of wheat uh, a year as a country. And if you were to look at that 1.5 million tons and say, where has it been coming from? Parts of it from Europe, Australia, Canada, and the others. Mm. And about twenty six percent was coming from Russia. So that since the war started, that dropped to zero, and we saw Brazil and Argentina replacing Russia, so we're still able to receive the supplies of wheat. But in terms of prices, though, we've seen prices rising globally and South Africa even though we've had good agricultural seasons, uh, we've been impacted by that. And which is why I was making the point to say globally, if you look at the food price inflation, it has been rising. Part of the story is that. And of course, the other part of the story is the rising fuel prices, because much of the food farmers are producing commodities. It has to be transported to somewhere and yeah. it has to be processed and then are
1: transported again as final product. And all of that adds to the final price that you pay at the retail level. You know, the four sub-indices also include sustainability and adaptation. I was kind of intrigued by the concept of adaptation. What does that mean? Is that how we grow our our foods? Is it how we shift the kinds of foods we grow, that we adapt to the weather challenges? What is that?
0: Absolutely, Michelle. that's an important one because, I mean, if you are a farmer, I usually hear people saying, you know, these farmers are not serious about climate change. Uh, which I always find it strange because if you are farming, you you don't hear about climate change, you feel it. Yeah. Um, if the drought hits you, it hits you with your millions of rain, uh on the ground. So that adaptation is about saying, how do we produce in a more sustainable um, and adapt to changing the environment? And since South Africa actually is starting to do well in this, uh, we've now moved uh, some of the hectares from just tilling the land in any sort of way to conservation agriculture where we're able to maintain the structure of the soil the moisture and all of those things so farmers are trying to come up with all kinds of methods to say while remaining commercially are are viable but how do they adapt to 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 climate change and the use of technology has been quite um key on that and you see those gains that south africa has been making because if you look at the ranking of that index Over time, it's improving, which shows that there is something that we are doing positively as a country. But I may may add something quickly here to say, in that point of the availability we're talking about, yes, there is that general rise of food prices globally, but we are also a country where we have many people unemployed. So even if food prices were to come down, but if there's generally no income coming in in a household, you will see that affordability remains uh, an issue, even if the prices of certain products are really affordable uh, in relative terms. that you just have
1: no money. So employment, employment creation is one Absolutely. of the things that we need to think about. You know, I, we were this morning and it's very a very brief comment. We, I was talking to someone about the idea that um, we we forget how how everything is so linked together. So if we think about the fact that Mm. there's no power, then we know, for example, that small SMEs may have to shut down because they can't afford a generator. If they shut down, someone becomes unemployed. If they become unemployed, food availability and food affordability Mm. becomes a huge, big, fat question. And it just feels as though we don't look at everything as this spider web of of engagement. We think of it all as just silos along the way. And I imagine your job is to join the dots for all of us.
0: Yeah, we, we attempt to do that. Because as right. you rightly put it, there is a, um, a sort of interlink on these things. Uh, whatever happens in other parts of the system, it does have an impact um, on the others in complex economies. Uh, like like South Africa and yeah. affects their households and what they they, they end up uh, being in in the position of financial security.
1: Well, I look forward to you joining all the dots for us and creating a perfect um, cycle of. Well, I want to say perfection as well, but let's uh, keep following the story. Wandila, it's always fascinating to talk to you, but uh, it's also fascinating to, A, follow you on Twitter, and anybody who doesn't follow Wandila on Twitter, I would say you do it, and to read his um, comments about agriculture as we move forward uh, into the new year. Good luck with the writing, and um, all I can say is may the force be with you. One, uh, what's it, Uh, six months of writing a page a day? Yep. (laughs) <laughs> that will
0: give you a book, fellow
1: Sarasota. Snap, snap, Mr. Wandi Lobo. He is uh, the author of a brilliant book. You should still go get it, read it. It's going to get more and more valuable for how we look at our country, finding common ground, land, equity, and agriculture. And certainly uh, we look forward to his new book as well. Eight o'clock, time for the news. Good morning.